back, Outliers. I'm your host, Tyler Ardrin, and we're back with the Millennial Outliers podcast. This is episode three, and we're super excited to share what this episode is going to be about. But before you listen, please go like and subscribe uh, on YouTube, any other platform that you're listening to, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, if you are using them, also leave us a review uh, as it helps us get in front of more eyes. You know, if you like it, we definitely want to share with others that may possibly like it. So for today's episode, we kind of hinted towards this in our first episode. It's called Mama's Boys. This is episode three. With me is my host, Justin Deal and our mamas. What's up, world? Good to see you guys. And we have our very, very VIP folks here that you've heard a bit about. So we'll let you guys very quickly go ahead and introduce yourselves. Tell the world. So I'm Gina Romano, and I'm actually the mother of Tyler Ardrin. And I am Renee Deal, and I am actually just his mom, not his wife, but his mom. <laughs> uh, we'll, def- we'll get to that, I'm sure, at some point. That comes up often, friends. Uh, but let's kick it off. So the thing I want to start with was that you know things aren't always as they appear to be, right? So I know you guys are spending more time together. Tyler and I obviously have built a great relationship. Love seeing you guys do the same. I know you guys went to the same high school, grew up in the same district, but lives weren't exactly parallel for the upbringing. So let's dive into that a little bit, because I think sometimes people see the the later part of life, right? And they assume, oh, well, they must have always been successful or they had these things growing up and something about them was just different or the silver spoon, you know, all these things. But that's not necessarily the story in both cases. So uh, why don't we kick off with you first, Gina? Why don't you tell us a little bit about just childhood, parents, that life? And then uh, we'll we'll go over to Renee. Sure. So I grew up in a little town called Runnymede. And how I know your mom is we actually went to high school together. So oddly enough, we really weren't friends. Right, Renee? Right. But we knew of each other. This is a very small high school. So you kind of all go in the same circles. Um, But we, we weren't very friendly in school, but we knew of each other. And then I graduated from high school. I did not go to college. And I started my career in doing some secretarial skills and things of that nature. And from there, I had Tyler. So I was 22, pregnant with Tyler. I obviously got married. Mm-hmm. I was I was married. And then I got <laughs> pregnant with Tyler. And shortly um, during the pregnancy, I had some minor complications with like gestational diabetes. So my doctor wanted me to, to stop working. So I stopped mm-hmm. working when, when I was pregnant with Tyler. I was about maybe seven, eight months pregnant. And from that point on, I pretty much was a stay-at-home mom. So I was very blessed to be able to stay home with him and raise him and... Um, Went through a divorce with his dad at some point when he was he was rather young. He was about three and a half at the time. And uh, shortly after that, I met my current husband, who I've been with for 30 years, had two more sons. So Tyler, now he was one of three at that point. He is the oldest and the instigator with everybody. So <laughs> um, and then from there, I was a stay at home mom for about 12 years. And during that time, I you know, being out of work for 12 years is a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So computers kind of took over the world. And when I left, it was very limited to what you can do on a computer. And then in the 90s is when it exploded. So I had to figure out what was I going to be when I grow up. I stumbled into sales only because I needed to get out of the house. I had three boys and they were driving me crazy. So I started doing home demonstrating and through home demonstrating, I found out that I was really good in sales. And that's kind of where my professional journey started. But that's just a little nutshell of kind of where I started with with Tyler. I was a very young mom. Um, 
pregnant at 22 and had him at 23. So. Yeah, we're gonna. That's gonna be our next topic. So we'll jump into that. So Nene, why don't you tell the uh, tell the viewers a little bit about your upbringing? Okay. So I am the youngest of five. My mother was a single mom that raised us. And um, when Justin was saying about, you know, perception, Jean and I went to school together and we knew of each other and we just recently got together. And she's like, you know, we were both brought up middle class and, and I don't really consider myself middle class because my mom, you know, struggled a lot. And I, you know, I was that house that you were never allowed to go to when you were a kid. <laughs> the neighbors would be like, don't go to the military house because there's no supervision. My mom worked very long hours and she was, you know, doing her best to keep five kids in order. And two of the kids were very, very crazy. <laughs> well, you wanted an understatement. Yeah, I was not one of them. I was oh, yeah. good. I was yeah. the youngest. Just so. sure. she, she was the most responsible one in the household exactly. as the youngest of five. So, um, yeah, so it was funny when Gina said that. She's like, wow, I would never have known that. So it was a, you know, it was, it was interesting. And I had Justin very young. I was, I graduated high school pregnant. So I uh, had him at 17. He likes to say 18, but I was actually yeah. 17. <laughs> trying to throw Ralphie a bone, you know, 17 and 20 these days is a little frowned upon, but it was the 80s. Right? And, I wasn't, and, I was, and I wasn't your typical 17 year old. So at 17, yeah. I was 35. So yeah. I was older than my year. So yeah, so that's my, you know, and I feel like my journey brought me to where I am. So being young and independent and having a lot of responsibility as a child because my mom needed us to always be okay and, you know, take care of things because she, I mean, she would leave for work at six o'clock in the morning and get home at nine o'clock at night. And she drove the Schuylkill before there was the Blue Route. So it was a crazy, you know, ride for her. Yeah. So let's actually, let's jump into that because the three of you share that common theme somehow. Pat myself on the back. I'm the most responsible when it comes to when we have babies. You're still but, like 25, though, right? Uh, 28. 28. I mean, that's right. Jeez. It's kind of young yeah, nowadays. Yeah, 28. Yeah. yeah, it is young. Yeah. But so you, so we have 22, 17, and you were 19, 18. 18. Yeah. So let's talk about that, right? Because you know there are there is a decent amount of the millennial population that was young parents as well. So talk a little bit about like what was that like? So you're basically still a child, right? An adolescent. You're still kind of figuring out life, and now you're responsible for this this human being and not for nothing, not to pat both of us and all of us on the back, but you guys obviously did a good job, at least with your oldest. I can't speak to the other <laughs> ones, but what were like, what were things that you were going through at that point that like, you just knew that I needed to do these things and set this example? Like what, what would you say for parenting advice for people who start young? How, how did you guys create such awesome kids? <laughs> um, I mean, I think for me, the best thing my mom ever taught me was unconditional love. So I think no matter what, your kids always need to know, no matter what they do, mistakes they make, uh, that you are always going to be there and you are always going to love them. I always say to my kids, even if you killed one, one of them, I would still love you. I mean, depends on which one I can understand. <laughs> you know which one you are. But, um, and I think that's such a key ingredient. And being a young mom, I'm not going to lie, like I felt like it was so easy. Like I remember coming home from the hospital with Justin at 17 and I was by myself at the time because my husband, who wasn't my husband, he was my boyfriend. He was away at school. And I was like, this is so easy. I was like, he's sleeping. I mean, it's, he slept like 20 some hours a day. So I, I remember doing laundry and just being like, you know, this, it really was. I think being younger was actually easier because I had the last one at 27. I was like, oh, I feel so old at 27. <laughs> I can't bounce back as soon as quick. So yeah. yeah, I really, you know, and I feel like I grew up with Justin. I mean, I did. 
did. I mean, I learned a lot and I was a different parent. I was I was actually stricter with Justin than I was with the other two. You know, he would laugh. He would come home from college. He'd be like, well, I'm sorry, where are your where are they? You didn't get like blood types, security numbers. <laughs> you know, he's like, Justin would do something. I mean, I would, you know, give him a breathalyzer every weekend to make sure he wasn't drinking. <laughs> that, that was Been because there. of the first child. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think as you go down in your children, because you also have three as well, correct? Yes. So I think the, the as you get down to the, the third, you're just like, oh, hell, just do anything uh, you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the, the baby book, right? It's like we did the baby book for your third yeah. kid. I have nothing else for it. Yeah. Except when the third's a girl and you have two boys. So you mm. are a little more protective. Like they could cross the street and walk to school. I mean, I think I'm still driving her at 26 years old. So. <laughs> yeah, that was the only thing I was. I was like, no one's stealing the boys, but they might steal the girls. But I agree. You were like, yeah, you knew who was the first child. Right. Like when you were parenting with them, mm. you're like, oh, that must be your first because you're fine to drop them off at the movies. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And similar to Justin, um, Tyler was an extremely good baby. So that made it very easy. Uh, he slept awesome. 20 hours. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny, the similarities yeah. between all four of us. It's crazy because yeah. same as Tyler was just an, he was such an amazing child. He just slept took his naps, never gave me a hard time. So uh, being 22, uh, just about by the time I gave birth, I was about 23. But um, I mean, he was honestly, he was really a pleasure. And I mean, for parents, I mean, and you guys are all parents, so we all know this, they don't come with a book, right? Mm. They need to come with a handbook. <laughs> I don't understand why they don't come with a handbook, but you just kind of figure it out. And, and I think like the unconditional love and obviously the instincts that you, I think, are just born with mm -hmm. that you, you have. And it does help to have somebody or a child that's extremely easy the first time around. <laughs> yeah. If the last one was born first, my third, he would have been the only one. Yeah, I think <laughs> Renee feels that way about the second. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The second was not I've as, never met the second. Uh, most people have. I, I most people don't even know there is a second. You're not, you're not really allowed to talk about him. We right, he's going to be pissed that we even talked about him. <laughs> we, have, we have one in the middle, too. Same thing. Uh, True. He's incognito. He's yeah. Statistician. Yeah. Yeah. Very private. Yeah. We yeah. just celebrated his big birthday and we went away and my daughter posted something and he's like, you got to take that down. Oh my God. It's yeah. a complete yeah. opposite of Justin. Oh. Oh. He, he deactivates his social media accounts for his birthday yeah. so people can't reach out to him. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that's crazy. Nene and I are sh you know, shouting from rooftops. Yeah. And we're I saw a video this morning about your birthday next year. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> Just prepping people, getting ready for September. Yeah. Just getting them ready. I celebrated my 50th for one whole year. Yeah. Truly. And you did. I watched I did. you. That's yeah. very true. I, I followed did. you. I was like, when is this birthday ending? <laughs> Actually, when I turned 50, I thought I should have been 50. Because I started when I was 49 going to be 50 because everything was my 50th time. So, right. Yeah. right. I was right, like, right. oh, I'm only 50. Oh, that's funny. So I guess I'll, I'll talk about mine. Um, so, yeah, I was I was 18. I was super young, like the two, two of you. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, I guess, what, uh, 13 years ago now, 14 years ago. Um, and, you know, it was super scary. Um, it was it was crazy. Like, you just, you know, couldn't imagine that. Right. As a kid. Um, but, you know, like you were saying, Renee, uh, I have like an older soul myself. So even even though I was 18, like I, I still um, I was working full time and, you know, I, I still kind of have that work ethic, so to speak. Um, but, you know, it was also like my greatest blessing in that um, it it I guess gave me that carrot of like, you know, I got to be successful mm -hmm. um, because now it's not just me. You know, I have a responsibility. Um to provide, you know, for myself and and my family. Um, so, you know, it, I grew up with him and it definitely to both of your points. Now I have two, um, two younger kids and 
there's stuff um, that I guess when I was, you know, when my son Chase was uh, a chi- younger child um, that I didn't do that now um, I want to do. Uh, so I had that like break in like a 10 year break in between the kids. Um, so, you know, it taught me a lot. And uh, ultimately, I think, you know, not only to give me the work ethic and all that good stuff, but it made me or it's going to make me a better father. Um, because, you know, like I said, there's stuff that now I look back like, oh, I should have been more doing this more or um, I should be providing a better example in this or, you know, whatever. Um, or I should be trying to, you know, talk more um, mm-hmm. to, to my kids and, and um, be more open and, uh, st- you know, stuff like that. So it's definitely um, helped me, you know, on both sides of, of being responsible and then also, you know, helping me be a better person and, and a better father. Um, but I did want to ask, uh, and I don't think I've ever asked this of you, mom. So we're going to do this live on the spot. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so 13 years ago, um, if you could imagine, well, I guess you could imagine because you did it, but telling your parents that, you know, your girlfriend's pregnant. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, you know, it was, like I said, the scariest thing that, I, that I've ever done. It, it, um, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Even today, you know, going through business and, and all that stuff that still was like one of the you know hardest things I've ever done. So, um, like I said, this is live on the spot. Like what, um, when I, when did everything happen? What like, was I going through? What Need were you going reaction. through? Yeah, Cause like, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really see, I know you're talking to dad kind of on the side and you kind of, you know, you've always been good at that. Like going through hard times, like you didn't never show that we were going through hard times. You know, we went through the, you're in real estate, dad's a contractor. Right. Uh, I didn't learn about like 08 and 09, you know, I was in high school. So mm-hmm. like, I didn't know there was like a big crash and until like six years ago. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's a big crash. We, we, we didn't was. see nothing low. And- we have battle wounds to prove it, trust me. Yeah. Uh, so. so yeah, our, our industry was affected. But what was I feeling? Well, I mean, I can remember the day and you don't remember like, you know, as time goes on, you forget a lot of things, but I remember exactly where we were at. I remember shutting the door. I knew something was wrong. He was not acting himself. He had lost a lot of weight. I didn't know exactly what was wrong. He never gave us a hard time. My husband will say that all the time. Like he never gave us an issue. And uh, we knew something was wrong, but we couldn't figure out what it was. So we were getting ready to leave for vacation. Do you remember this? Yeah, and Kara was there. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, she she was on her oh, way to the shore. Yeah, yeah, My yeah, yeah. aunt, who was like a sister to me, we're about mm-hmm. four years apart. So uh, I shut his door in his bedroom, and I was like, "You're not leaving this room until you tell me what is going on." And he was like holding back tears, and he was like, "You're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about." And so anyway, then he finally broke down and started to cry. And I hope I can share that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We cries, oh, yeah. man. We absolutely. <laughs> I might cry on the show today. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of feeling it, so I'm trying to yeah. hold it back. But because uh, you know, it's it's so anyway. Um, so he he started to cry, and he said that his girlfriend at that time um, had been pregnant. So obviously, the first reaction is to freak out like oh my god what did you do this is your whole life ahead of you i can't believe you did this and it was so irresponsible and then you know i walked out of the room i called my aunt who's kind of like one of my best friends and i told her and she calmed me down she was on her way from new hampshire to the shore we were going to the jersey shore at the time she kind of calmed me down and um, once i digested what had happened i was like okay so we got this right there's worse things in life that can happen Mm -hmm. He could have been on drugs. You know, it could have been anything. I mean, we didn't know what it was. So it's it's a, you know, it's a gift and we'll figure it out. And it, and it has. It's been a gift in his life. And he really did the right thing. And he stepped up to the plate. And um, 
and I don't even know if I ever had this conversation with you about his real dad. So his his real dad was really upset about it. And he was taking it way harder than I was. And not that I wasn't taking it hard, but I'm the kind of person, okay, here's what we got. Mm-hmm. Now we got to figure out how we're going to, you know, maneuver and make it work. So that's kind of the stance that I took. And his dad um, had said to me, we I, I was driving down a road and he was like, that's it. He's not getting his college money. This is the worst thing that can ever happen. And and I was like, and never in the time that since I had gotten divorced from him that I ever really stood up to him. And I was like, no, this is, we need to, if, and now more than ever, he needs to go to college. He needs our support. And, um, and this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's that unconditional like, love right? he was like okay you're right like it he just needed to be kind of snapped out of it right. and he's a good man as well and i knew if i just kind of presented it and told him like this is what needs to be done and and tyler's doing the right thing he he really did the right thing he stood up and he he took responsibility for what had happened and he decided that he was going to work full-time and he was going to go to college part-time and he would get his degree if it was the last thing that he did and he did he completed it, it took him longer than the average person at that age, but he did it. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm just the kind of person that, you know, you you take a situation, no matter what it is, you figure out how you're going to attack it and you go for it. And that's what we did. While we're speaking of challenges, I guess we might as well throw this one out there. So not an exact parallel, but we've alluded to it on the podcast in the first episode. And that was my college career. So I don't know that we've actually ever really like spoken about oh, this either. Got a lot of openings yeah, yeah. coming. Bringing the family together, well, right? <laughs> so for those who don't know, so went to Wagner College. I was on a full <clears> ride <throat> for sports, for football, and by the end of my freshman year, we had the inclination that I wasn't going to make it in school. Did summer school. Uh, thought I took enough classes. Didn't. Had to do summer school a second session while also going through training camp. Long story short, became academically ineligible. And ironically, it was, I believe, like one of your guys' first big trips uh, because my siblings are seven and 10 years younger than me. So they're flying out of JFK, going on this European trip, and they find out their oldest is failing out of school. Um, Same thing. Very supportive through it. Uh, Obviously very disappointed. Uh, I think Nanny was probably both of our saving graces and part of that with conversations. But yeah, why don't, like as a parent, I've always talked about how it affected me and obviously how you guys helped me through that. But how did that news affect you guys? Um, I, for me, the biggest thing was I didn't go to college either. So I really wanted my son to go to college. So when he was failing out, I, 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 was, I was upset because I was a little disappointed. But I did talk to my mom and she was like, same thing. She was like, it could be worse. He could be doing drugs like, you know, and it was a defining moment in Justin's life. And it was it's going to define who you are and what you're going to do. So and she said he's not on drugs. No one's dying. It's he found out of college. And my mom always you know, had that outlook when you said about telling you were pregnant. I mean, I'm 17 telling my mom. And when I told her, she said babies are always a blessing. It might not be the right time, but they're always a blessing. And there he a is. He is. <laughs> He's a huge blessing. So I love it. Yeah. So so with that co- with that college talk, I wanted to bring that up real quick to mm-hmm. ask all of you, um, because I think uh, and I talk I might have talked to you about this before, but I talked to when people bring up college, I talk about this, and um, I think like so your age group, which I guess is what's your not millennial, what's the next Pretty one? Gen, Gen, Gen X. X. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Gen X. Um, it was in, instilled that. 
um, because not everybody went to college. Right. It was instilled that if you go to college, you're going to get a good job. Right. Um, so, you know, your children, Justin, me, and, you know, everybody, every Gen X's kids w- went to college. You right. know, like all of my friends mm-hmm. went to college. All of your friends probably went yeah. to college for the most part. We, are, we tried. We yeah. always tried. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, um, and I think though now kind of that mindset's like shifting because like I know as a parent myself, um, when I was growing up as a kid, it was always you're going to college. Like you would say it all the time. Dad would say it all the time. Um, but like I don't do that as a parent because I think um, that kind of mindset as a whole is like shifting in that I don't think you necessarily need college if you're not going for a specific like profession. So like if you're not if you're going to be an architect, you got to go to college. This is the roadmap. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be an attorney, if you're going to be a doctor, right. you know, but um, a lot of like all my friends um, from past you know high school uh, weren't doing that right they're not doctors they're not whatever they went to school like me for business management or marketing or communications and then they get out and they work at you know a normal company and as a sales rep or whatever um and now they're say 100 150 200k in debt when they probably didn't need to to do that mm-hmm. um because if they went in from a work experience standpoint worked full-time up until they're 25 then go get another job i know as a business owner myself when i'm looking to hire now i don't even necessarily look at college degrees or anything i look at like their work experience and you know their work ethic and and the person so um i guess what i'm what i want to ask is like what are your mindsets now on college because like i said mine more so is if you know what you're going to do and it needs a college degree, that's the direction you're going to go to. But if you don't know what you're going to do, you know, let's think about it first before committing to college and going that much in debt and then changing your major and, you know, right. all that stuff. So after Justin, um, with my other two, I, I, I'm i not a firm believer in college. I think that if you can pick and choose, like you might need certain classes, especially being in the business world. You know, there was a belief I used to have that I could never be successful unless I went to college. And I've since got rid of that belief because it's a, can I say bullshit belief? Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> no, we're not to curse yeah, on here. Exactly. Because it is. Yeah. So with the other ones, you know, when they were go- getting ready to go, my youngest daughter, she like took a lot of courses online and, you know, she graduated in three years, but that's because what she wanted to do. I think in the business world, I would rather somebody follow me as a CEO of a company and learn more and then take a couple business classes then spend all of that money. But to your point, you want to be a doctor, you want to, you know, be an architect, you need it. Yeah. I always thought I need, like I would need that, but I, I feel like I could, t- I could even probably watch YouTube videos and figure out how to do 100%. brain surgery. Yeah, like, I'm 100%. I used to say I could do anything but that, but I'm pretty sure I could actually- it's moving I, towards I, that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I mean, you might not want to be my ten first step, patient. 10 yeah. steps, how to do brain surgery. Exactly, <laughs> but nowadays, I get the commitment part. And, you know, for me, I just wish I would have went. I want to go as an adult just for the experience. Like, I want to ha- be in a sorority. And I want- <laughs> there yeah. we go. Yeah, I want to do that. That's going to be our Moms next go back yeah. to college. Exactly. I say old school moms. Oh, absolutely. Get a house. Yeah. But I learned so much. You know, I w- it's like, you know, the school of hard knocks. Like, yeah. I, I know so much because of experience and living it. And I think you have to do it. You know, I, I can't read it in a book how to work with people, how to train people, how to be compassionate or, you know, like you have so many instances when you're a, an employer. So I think that it's so hard. There's so many things that you're never going to learn in college. People mm-hmm. graduate and they're like, I haven't used one thing for my degree. Yeah. So yeah. all the time. So yeah. that's my. Yeah. I think you should pick a few classes, what you need, especially in the business world. And, you know. Obviously, you need to know how to like run numbers, maybe some business management, now some internet courses so you can do social media and then follow 
find a great CEO if that's what you want to be in business and f- see if you can follow them. Yeah. So for me, um, so I, 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 I go back and forth with the whole college <laughs> thing. I really do because I'm obviously I did not go to college either. As And I feel like I'm doing pretty darn good for myself mm-hmm. owning a brokerage in the real estate world. But um, I did make all three of my kids went. So and, and I made the last one, which probably he was probably the one least likely, I guess. <laughs> Next to you, maybe, but yeah. least Thanks. likely. <laughs> but um, and I did make them and it was really important. I think I, I think I wanted it more than he did. Mm. And he's actually followed in my footsteps and now has become uh, he's pretty headed in a successful route with real estate. And did he really need it? No. But I do think that four years bought him maturity as well, mm. because if he would yeah. have came out of college, I I don't think it would. I think his path would look a little bit different. So I'm not saying that you need college before because more so the even the academics. But I feel like the the guys they're coming out whether a boy girl whatever they come out and I think they have just so much to to mature and, and I think that four years buys you a lot of that maturity where I don't feel like if you would come out at 18 you'd be the same person right sure that's m- mostly the reason why I think you need it I don't know if it's gonna you know kind of catapult you in success in business success in any way I don't think that at all right. but I think it does give you some time to mature and kind of find out who you are because I think that takes time yeah, no, great. I don't, I don't want to spend though eighty thousand for yeah, my kid to mature. That's right. true. Yeah. You know, right. I'll yeah. have him working McDonald's what's the for four years. Yeah, they yeah. could stay in my basement, right. I guess, and yeah. hang out. We'll work, and just you know, do get their a maturity. job. Yeah, yeah. Job. like you could have followed you around, yeah. do a little marketing right. yeah. for the four years, and then all right, he's ready to work. You know, yeah, kind that's of thing true. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess you look at it too from a money standpoint. Like if it's you know. If, right. if they're taking out loans and, you know, all, all that, it's going to send them back. Then you're maybe you consider that more if you're paying cash or something. Then it's like, all right, you know, you had that in the plans when they were born. Right. It's a different, you know, a, a different. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I definitely. I, yeah. I don't think you need it. Let's put it that way. I don't think it needs it to be successful unless you're going for like a doctor or you know, something where you have to have that yeah, lawyer account. No, agreed. And I think especially like the four year universities, they're kind of that's. That's where I think people, because they want the experience, right? They want to be away from home. They want to do the things. But the first two years, all you really do oh, is take Oh, I'm a big advocate. You got it. Yep. You got to go to that that yeah, county to college, Absolutely. community college. I, I mean, mean it's an amazing thing. Right. And now you can take classes online. Like, there's so yeah. many ways to do it that yeah. you could, you know, I think you could do a little bit of both. That you can take some classes, even if you go away for a year and you get all everything done. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever read about Steve Jobs, I mean, he picked and you know he took every class that he wanted, like calligraphy. He took that, mm-hmm. and that's why you know the fonts. The font there's fonts. Thing, yeah. So it's like if you you know if you can pick it, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's like you don't. It's so many classes you take that in college that you, yeah, you yeah. don't even need, and you're just yeah. paying for art history. It's right. It's yeah. a it's a business. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's a 100 business. So yeah. it's nope. getting and it's getting to be very very expensive. There's a lot of people. I know we're going to disagree and that's okay about yeah. college, but yeah. you know, yeah. all of us have been successful. I know you did go to college, yeah. but I know a lot of people that have been and they did it. hundred so. percent. Yeah. I think it boils down to the educators too. That was always my big beef. I think to your point, the, if you're going to be teaching people business, I think you should have ran a business at one point, right? right? Like I can read the book too. So I can figure out the text that you're going to teach us based off of. If you're not giving me real world experience mm-hmm. and, and those kind of stories, then what's the point? Like, I, I remember in macroeconomics and stuff, like the guy just, you knew he had never <laughs> ran a business <laughs> yeah, in his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? You make whatever a year and right, like that's- grand or whatever. Yeah, like I just, I, I haven't understood all of that. So I would, yeah, it's it's really, like you guys have said, if you're if you're going into something very professional, you know, high end, so that those uh, white collar jobs and yeah, 
you, you're going to need that. Mm -hmm. um, but let's switch. So we were kind of talking earlier with the kids, how the kids originally kind of give you that why, right? Um, but we've all hit those different parts of our lives, right? Where there's a story you're telling yourself that you can't get over that hurdle. And I know it's normal in our circles, but a lot of people don't invest in coaching and mentors and things like that. So why don't you guys talk about your journeys? What was a big hurdle that you guys... You know, maybe it was you know after you were done raising the kids and you were getting into the business world. Maybe it was in between jobs and figuring out the, what the career path was. But what was a big hurdle that you kind of went through after the kids? And how did that kind of lead you to maybe like the coaching and seeking advice from others? Yeah. So uh, for me, after I had the kids, I think Tyler, I think you were what, in maybe like sixth grade when I got my real estate license. Mm -hmm. And the real estate market was great. It was 04. You needed a pulse. You could sell a house. Um, very similar to what, what happened in COVID. Everybody was buying houses and it was extremely easy. So I got into the industry. I did extremely well the first couple of years. And I would say the biggest hurdle and the the biggest thing that happened in my life um, that kind of rocked my world was the 08 crash. Mm. So we had just bought a house in uh, where we currently live and it was a stretch for us. Uh, it was you know close to half a million dollars. We had, I bought a brand new car. I had three kids and I was doing well. My husband is a contractor, as Tyler has said before, we were doing great. The markets were great. And, and then uh, we settled in June and on October, the stock market crashed and it literally halted what me and my husband both did. It was uh, contracting. Obviously, he did a home improvements. No one was able to do home improvements. You've seen builders go out of business. And real estate, I'm, I mean, every bank was you know crashing. So there was no money to give at that time. So I remember sitting in uh, January of 09, it would have been. And uh, me and my husband were watching at the time. It was probably uh, Regis and Kelly or Regis and Kathy Lee. And he's on one side of the couch. I'm on the other side of the couch. Kids are at school. We literally had no work. And we both looked at each other and we were like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And I didn't want my kids to find that. I mean, we just we had bought the house of our dreams. It was, you know, it was a dream home for us. And uh, so my husband, oddly, crazy enough, um, he used to walk around with his, his, he had a jacket with his company name on it, and he would walk around Home Depot, hand his cards out to anybody that he would see that was looking at something, tile. He'd be like, hey, do you need me to do a backsplash? And, mm. and, um, and for me, I was like, okay, so now I have to learn how to sell houses? Like, I was just selling them and now I, there's nothing. And I realized that I had to learn how to market myself. I had to learn how to negotiate. Like I was just selling houses and didn't really know what I was doing. So both of us, luckily, you know, we, we kind of did what we had to do sur to survive. And I remember, and you probably don't know this, but Ty, I was actually, I would get the piggy banks and I would cash in their change. And that's how I'd give them their lunch money. I was like, this is still my change. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get that back now? <laughs> with, with interest. With interest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, for me, that was one of the things that was like really rocked our world. And uh, and just the financial issues. That I do remember the internet going down a few times. I was like, mom, <laughs> pay the Comcast bill. I'm trying to game here. <laughs> if it was storming and the electric oh, went out, I was like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> oh, I forgot to pay it. I'm like, what? Yeah. No, that was really bad. I mean, and anybody that was at that during that time and had businesses that were affected by by that, uh, I don't think you forget those battle wins. So sure. that was probably the, the most thing that, that I remember that was really like a huge thing in our life. So, and we did, we survived. And, uh, we're still in that same house and and uh yeah you know you figure it out you just do what you gotta do absolutely how about you renee 
Um, gosh, so many things in my life, but um, <laughs> really for me, a lot of my, you know, as I got older with my kids and I needed to, I was in the restaurant world. That was the first part of my career life. And then I wanted to get out of that and I went into sales. So when I did, I wound up with a, you know, it was a big payroll company that I worked for and they were big into like Tony Robbins. And I went to my first event and it just changed my life as far as, you know, the, the coaching of it and giving like I, I didn't understand so many things about, um, you know, like my beliefs and how much it held me back. So that was like a huge thing for me to go. And one of the things was about college. Like I limited myself because I thought not having a degree would, I would never make enough money. So I would stop myself, you know, I would have a sale and I'd be like, great job. I made enough money. I don't need to make any more money. Like I'm, you know, I'm a hundred thousand dollar girl and that's kind of where I lived. So you know, doing that, that was my my first one. And then when I turned 50, I was like, I need something more in my life. Like I, you know, I want more. And I did, I did another Tony Robbins event and I did a lot of coaching with them. And, you know, everybody has a primary question that they're always asking themselves. And mine was, am I enough? Like everything I did was to prove that I was enough. So I had to be successful so I could be enough. And I had to, I'm, I'm like very giving and I did all these things so I could always feel enough about myself. Now I'm like, am I enough? I think I'm too much sometimes. <laughs> She's a lot. Amen. She Amen. A lot. It's funny because the second time I went back to date with Destiny, I was like, I don't even know what I'm gonna what I'm gonna work on. Like, am I enough? I'm like, I'm too much. So you know. <laughs> and awesome. she actually got me hooked on uh when we we yes. connected again after 30 years, I guess. Yeah. We connect reconnected from the payroll company. Mm -hmm. uh, I was opening up my company and I reached out to Renee and um, I seen the way she was living her life. And I've always done coaching as well through when I was about 10 years into real estate, I started to real estate do real estate coaching, which I still do today. But then Renee kind of opened my eyes up to the whole Tony Robbins world and uh, some other things that yeah. she does, YBL. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I mean, it's been life changing for me as well. So. So why don't we actually, why don't we jump into that with coaching? Um, why don't you tell folks a little bit about YBL now? That's the current group and kind of what that has done for mindset, for your business, for travel, right. for all of it. So it's your best life. And it was some people that I knew in the Tony Robbins world and they came, they started their own company. And it's just, it's so hard to find like-minded people. So it's so nice. And, you know, with Gina, I have absolutely found that where, you know, you want people to be on your side and you want, you know, there's people in the group that they are way above me financially, spiritually, everything. And I learned from them and I made some great friends and connections and I get coached. My team gets coached. My COO gets coached. And I mean, again, they helped me push through, even though I thought I got through some of my beliefs, you know, there's other beliefs that like, you're always like, well, that's not true. Like, you know, I can't do that. And then, you know, it's like, you can, I mean, you really can, uh, you know, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. So it's been a great, we travel together. We do four trips a year and they're family, faith, finance, and fitness. And I've made some great relationships and they've just, they've coached me in so many areas of my life. Cause it's not, everything is related as far as 
I'm concerned, like your relationship with your kids. It's the same as with your friends and with family and your employees. And it's like who you are as a person is who you are in all aspects of your life. So I, you know, I've learned so much and, you know, I've been able to share that with, you know, all the people around me. So it's been a, it's, it's a great, it's a great community. And I, if you're not coaching whoever it's with, you should, because to have a peer group that has your back is cheering you on and who is like-minded and gives you something to strive for. So there's always going to be, there's always the Warren Buffetts of the world, the Jeff Bezos of the world, but that's that's a great you know place to get to, and even yeah. if you miss, guess what? I'll be happy if I make Halfway one yeah, yeah. <laughs> one tenth of what Jeff Bezos makes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like these are the people that are going to push you and not be jealous of the things that you do, and that's what you know the people I surround myself with. I've been very blessed, so the coaching has helped, and the people I like you know that I'm attracted into my life. Yeah, couldn't agree more with our Harvest mm-hmm. community. I mean, that's the big thing, right? It's that. Other like-minded, somewhat similar age, kind of pushing each other. But what I like the most is learning from other people's mistakes, right? Like typically people won't always give you the success recipe, but they'll tell you the things that they tripped up on so you can avoid that hurdle down the road. And I think that's pretty invaluable as well. But to your point, it is just having that where, you know, it's not gossip and drama. You know, we all have those friends that you get in the room and all they want to do is talk about people. But when you're in there and you're talking business and strategies and kind of where we're going next, um, there is, it's just, it's worth every penny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also seeing um, uh, other people do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have, if you if you don't see someone can is doing this um, and you look at, and you're only looking at a Warren Buffett, like it seems like it's impossible. Right. But when you're in, you know, a group like that, like that we're in or whatever, you see someone buying Airbnbs or, you know, whatever, flipping houses or doing mm-hmm. stuff like that. You're like, oh, this dude's doing it. I talked to him once a week or whatever. I could do it. You, right. you know what I mean? So it, it shows you that you're able to also, you know, do, do those things um, and removing that like glass ceiling, so to speak, that you make yourself mm-hmm. of, oh, I'll never be able to, you know, open a business um, because you got to be rich to do that or whatever limited beliefs you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you are able to talk to like-minded people who have done it already, it makes you, you know, strive to do that yourself and and makes you feel that you can do it, you know, yourself. Yeah. Now, speaking of limiting beliefs, this might be a little controversial, but, you know, they say it's a man's world out there, right? And clearly you two have really affected the two of us. We've taken a lot of our cadence from you guys. So how have you guys, payroll, definitely pretty male dominated. Real estate, I would say probably male, but there's, there's a good representation of females in there. But what have you done to really just ensure when you walk in the room or the meeting or on social media that your presence is felt and you're not just kind of pushed aside as you know, just another another broad in the, in the room. Well, broad, how did that work? <laughs> whoa, that you whoa. Bring, <laughs> you bring that up because uh, real estate is a woman-dominated business as far as the Asians go, mm. but a lot of the brokerages are all male-driven. A lot of the companies are started by males. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably one of the main reasons that I started my company, actually. Well, chip it, on the shoulder. Well, listen, I'm five foot nothing, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think I have a pretty a pretty big presence. Uh, I have a big personality. I'm not sure if, as big yes. as you are, Sabrina. <laughs> you do have a big personality. That's how we get along well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I wanted to kind of change that pattern and, and uh, open up a company that was owned by a woman. And, um, I mean, my ultimate goal, I don't – I've I don't know who's heard me say this before, but, you know, I'd like to be the female version of a Gary Keller and franchise my company out at some point. So I think it needs to be done. And 
Actually, tomorrow, uh, Renee's kind enough to be one of my speakers at another women's event that I'm starting with another partner. It's a different company that we formed. It's called More Than a Woman. Mm-hmm. And it's just about women empowerment. And, and you know, I think it's about time that we need something that kind of is, is also good. We shed light. It's, I'm very inspirational as well. I, I believe 80% of your success starts in your mind. So, you know, it's just all good things. You, you feed your soul constantly, mm. then, you, you know, you'll, you'll produce good things. And that's that's kind of what I believe. So um, but that's kind of how I, I like I said, I opened my company because I felt like there, there needed to be more female owners of companies. Mm. So I've been doing it four years and so far, so good. <laughs> Doing great. Well, um, so I like I said, my first career was the restaurant world and it's a very male dominated world. I never, I still don't, I don't, I never felt like discriminated or kept back. I did feel like in the restaurant world, I had to prove myself harder. So I knew the front of the house, but I didn't know the back of the house. So I really made sure I trained and learned it. Like I could run it better than anybody. So I guess in that aspect I did, but you know, I had a very strong role model. My mom was a very strong woman. So it made me a strong woman. And I, I, it wasn't the story I told myself, like I can do anything a man can do. I can probably do it better, but, um, you know, it's like, Let them know, I do. Girl. Yeah. Let I was like, I, it's funny with Gita's thing. They were like, what's your theme song? And I was like, I really wanted that. I can bring home the bacon fried up in a pan. Cause I, I just feel like I, you know, I get the best of both worlds. I get to be a mom and I get to be a boss and I get to, you know, it's like, I get to, I get to do it all. So it's like how, and, grandma. how reward, and, and, and a mom. Grandma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like how rewarding is that? So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't really feel, I don't feel like it's a man. It's man's world. It's not, it's never been to me. I was paid my value and I, you know, was never discriminated against because I was a woman. So, and maybe because I'm a lot, so (laughs) I made it known and I wasn't, I wasn't afraid. And unfortunately, maybe not everybody is like that. Yeah. I was just gonna say, we wouldn't be in this world without you, right? Right. That's exactly right. That's true. I think there is, there's, there's something to, uh, to pay us a compliment. I think we're both pretty emotionally intelligent. And I think that comes from having strong mothers because, I've always said that I've been surrounded by strong women my whole life. Our families, I don't know, I have like 50 cousins and there's three men, right? There's like, <laughs> it's all, yeah, and one's my brother, right? Like <laughs> one other male cousin on each side. So it's it's just, yeah, I've always been a little bit more in tune with what women need and the wants and, you know, oxygen, food, compliments, three biggest things, right? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But it is, it's, you know, it, it's, it's something that's very important for kids in general to have. I think a lot of times you hear about the father figure, but obviously the strong mother is, you know, in my opinion, probably the more uh, important of the two roles. You know, only a man can show you how to be a man, of course. But, you know, there's a lot to life outside of just being you know, tough and being able to be durable and have grit and things of that nature as well. So and you're raising three daughters, right? Yeah. Three little girls and one boy. So <laughs> quite a bit of work. So cut what, out. what uh, like is there a different parenting, I guess, for both of you? Because. You know, my mom, we just have all boys in our family. (laughs) So is there different parenting that you will do with your daughters as opposed to your sons? Not really. I, uh, I really try to, you know, just allow everybody to kind of be rough and tough. Right. I kind of want the girls, you know, Renee and I kind of go back and forth. I would like them all to wrestle. She thinks that's a little, that's a little, little aggressive. Yeah. I'm going to say that's a little too yeah. much. I'll, yeah, I'll agree with Renee. <laughs> but it was like that or like martial arts. Right. Cause again, big picture for me, I'm like, you know, 
you know, women being like, assaulted. I would yeah, like them right. to at least have an idea. Be able to protect it. themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And that's what it comes to. But yeah. wrestling's a little too but far. But not yeah. mess up their face. Or, <laughs> yeah, it's know, a little too far. That's like, you know. I, I think the martial arts is the best. Like kickboxing yeah. or Muay Thai. Yeah. Yeah. Gianna's done Taekwondo. Yeah, so stuff like back that. Into yeah. that. Yeah. But no, honestly, I really, you know, we just try to really hold a high bar for them and lead by example in the same way as, you know, we've talked about the health, just kind of showing them that this is why you have to take care of your body and then trying to, you know, finances at a young age, just really, I haven't even been able to explain that to my wife yet. So, uh, <laughs> I'm with you. Not, yeah, I'm not, with you on that one. <laughs> not even going there with kids, but you know, school wise, it's, you know, it's really just you know, being a great person, right? Being a, a contributing part of the community of whatever mm-hmm. you're in, not being afraid to be the leader and not being afraid to go against the grain. You know, it's a lot of times you have to, to be successful, kind of go the other way of what everybody else in the world is doing. Um, and I think I learned a lot of that, and obviously from from Renee, um, she did a lot of things kind of her way, not not the way of uh, most of society. But you realize that is the the clear separator, right? Like doing the things that most people won't, so you can live the life that most people want to, right? Um, and yeah, so we've talked about too. Maybe you can put a little more insight on this. We have our family mantra of like the best day ever, right? right. And it spills into payday. So, like, where did that come from? What's that mean to you? So, wait, you're the creator of this? No, actually, Maddie was the creator. Oh, Maddie yeah, did Maddie create said, it. Okay. Oh. One day she said the best day ever. So it's a fa- it's a whole family. Yeah. I thought it was just yeah. his thing. No, oh, no, Maddie. Did. Yeah. I mean, it's everybody at Payday, payday says yeah. it now. Oh, yeah. Wow. We so, need a mantra. Exactly. Yeah. Get on that. So <laughs> what she, I you created exactly. <laughs> what I didn't share is I, at a young age I lost a brother when I was three, and then I lost my father when I was six, and I lost wow. my older brother in my twenties. So life is very precious to me. Like I, you, it is a gift, and you never know when's going to be your last breath. So I do live every moment without regret. You know, I don't really fight with people because it's just not worth it. Like I don't, you know, I feel good about, you know, when my brother died and I was in my twenties, like I had a good relationship with him and, you know, and it was tough because he was, uh, he was very heavy in the drug. So, but I made my peace with him and, and I, I live like you have to live your, your life. Every day has to be your best day. Every, every decision you make, it's like you have to do it for joy and happiness because that's where I want to live. I want to live in joy and happiness. And I, you know, I want every day to be the best day ever. Yeah, I think it's really important with your mindset of that, right? Like there's basically two things that could have happened there. People, it's not an uncommon story, right? That people have lost people in mm-hmm. their lives. But usually folks either one direction is they kind of never get close to anybody again because they're constantly afraid of losing people or they thoroughly enjoy every second and maybe spend too much time with certain people (laughs) uh, just (laughs) just to constantly (laughs) build uh, that relationship and obviously to share and create more memories and embrace the moment. And I, I've definitely learned that from you. And I really hope that you know, a lot of my friends and people around me, they feel that energy from us that we want to leave people in a better state. We want to create memories with them. We want to help them advance their lives and just do better. I mean, that's one of my favorite compliments when people are like, I love watching your content just because it's so positive. Like it, it brings a smile to your face. And it's that's like inspire and aspire, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I want to inspire people and I want to aspire them to be more like me. 
to you know live that life so yeah, i think happy. that's why this is we're yeah, here right exactly. because i feel like we all kind of have that common thread and mm-hmm. same with us it's our family times our most precious time don't you feel like that <laughs> right <laughs> give me the eyes no i'll just say it i mean you know it is that's really what's at the end of the day that's what's important right so the the uh the things can come and go but right. it's the memories that you build and the time that you quality time that you spend together and mm-hmm. and what you reflect on other people right Agreed. Yeah. So uh, we're going to sign off here shortly because we're almost at time. But before we do, I've been asking our guests this question. Um, So uh, I guess we'll, uh, because it's coming off the cup, we'll, whoever wants to answer first, we'll go with that. But what's the biggest lesson that you've learned through a failure? Uh, Yeah, this is always a toughie. (laughs) I mean, I guess I'll start. I feel like you know, failures are gifts, right? So Mm -hmm. anything in life that happens, like, and you learn from it. Um, It's not really a failure, but it's the only thing I think can come to mind is like, I, people are going to be surprised that know me, but I have anxiety, like really bad anxiety. And it's definitely has like, people didn't know for years. And it was like something that held me back from things. And I, I overcame it. But it's nice because I think people see me and I seem so confident. And when I tell people I have anxiety, they're like, seriously, like, I hate to fly. I'm anxious the whole time, but I do it. So you're like going it, to Europe, yeah, you're going to like I, all I, over the place. Exactly. You went to, where did you go? At the Maldives. The Maldives. Yeah, 25 was, hours on a yeah. two planes. That so. is, I'm totally shocked with that. Yeah, one. exactly. Yeah, so sure. it's, it's when I share that I have it, like it's, to me, it was like such a big, like, oh my God, like I, I'm afraid of death. That's my whole thing. So my anxiety is over that. So it's not, so it's kind of, a, it's not really a failure, but it's like the thing that I thought of that, yeah, like yeah. that by, by acknowledging it and learning about it, that it led me to, for people to be like, oh my gosh, like if you have that, then like, it's okay I, to have. Yeah, it's okay, right. Yeah. Like it's, it's more acceptable. Like, oh, I don't even talk about it. Like now I talk yeah. about it because it's, you know, it used to be all in my own head. Right. Yeah. So I would just like self be like, oh my God, I'm going to drop dead sitting here with them and well, they're not going to know what to do with me. Right. <laughs> yeah. right, 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 right. We'll be like, we've ever met. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Kick me out of the way. So, you know. No, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good one. Because um, I think, you know, like you were saying, it shows people that it's all right to have like that anxiety. I think now more than ever in the times that we're in, it's like, just with emotional intelligence and mental health, like it's definitely a lot more spoken about than it was probably when you were, you oh, know, a kid. Absolutely. Now it's like, you know, most people probably will tell you they have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, but it, like you said, showing how you're traveling and, and getting over that um, is, is huge. And it shows people that they can, you know, they can do it too. Right. It's possible. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can't think of anything. You got something. There's no failures in your life, huh? No, I actually, there's probably so many that I don't even know what to pick (laughs) because I feel like you learn and you grow the most when you fail. Yeah. Right. The easy times, it's easy to do the right thing, but you really stand up is when when you have failures in your life. So I can't think of one particular time or one particular thing, but I am a firm believer in that. That's where you learn. That's where you grow. Is where you fail, and that's just a part of life. Yeah. A perfect example, I guess, was earlier, like you were saying, with real estate. You started and you were just, it was easy, right? I know. So and I was like, oh, the easy you know part, what? all I do is show up. Yeah. And then, yeah, then the crash happens and you're like, wow, I need to rebrand. I need to sharpen skills. I need to uh, just do a I lot need to of learn things. It, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> know the ins and outs of it and understand, right? Yeah. Yeah. But so. you're right. It's, I mean, you really don't, you don't learn a ton from wins, right? It's always the losses are the lessons. And that's yeah. that's what really gets you to move the most forward. You, you win and it's like, 
we'll call it half of a percent that right. you get better, right? But you'll lose and it gives you the opportunity 10, 15, 20% better. If you go back, you've, you know, reverse re or engineer what you did wrong, yep. what the obstacles were, and then you just look forward and figure out how to avoid them again. Yeah, I was listening to uh, a clip actually earlier um, by a podcaster. His name's like Jocko. Hey, Jocko you, Wilkins. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever hear the, the one when he talks about like good? So he, um, he, he, what he was saying was in the story, he would have this employee that would always come to him and be like, oh, like this happened, like a crazy story. You know, no, no, no. And every, every answer he would say was good. And then, you know, so then the guy would come to him and, oh, he, you know, give us a problem. And he goes, um, but I know where and the guy goes to Jocko. Well, I know what you're going to say already. You're going to say good. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, why am I going to say that? And the guy kind of like repeats it back to him. He says, it's good because that's where you're going to get up. You're going to dust yourself off mm -hmm. and you're going to learn, you know, the most from th this instance. Mm -hmm. And he says, it's good because if you weren't alive now, this wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Right. So it's good because we're still alive. We can figure out, you know, what went wrong or whatever. Um, get up, dust ourselves off and, you know, learn from it and then attack, be on the offense. Um, and I thought that was, you know, perfect kind of fit in for this in that, you know, it's good that you got to look at it, not like, woe is me kind of thing, which a lot of people, you know, unfortunately go into that, right? Mm -hmm. They, and sometimes, the mentality. yeah, so, and sometimes there's always something going on, right? You, maybe you've had an employee like that, or you've had a person like that, where it's like, all right, this is happening. And then they're good. And then something else happens. It's just always happening. Right. Um, and everybody knows people like that, right? Um, but, you know, looking at it from a different aspect of instead of, oh, why is it always me? You know, doing that good. This has happened to me. What am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to learn what went wrong here. And it, it's not going to happen again. Um, and actually, dad, I, and I still remember this, um, would, would talk me through that whole, you know, when um, when when I had Chase and everything. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you know, um, this is happening. You know, it, it's already happening. But the biggest thing that, you know, I've learned throughout life is that people who kind of are on that downward spiral, the reason they're on that is because they made that that mistake multiple times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, learn from this mistake and don't let it happen again. Right. So that's kind of like something that that I've learned, you know, throughout yeah. the years. And the mistake is what you learn from. Right. And it right. became your greatest gift. Yeah. Which is yeah. Our, our my grandson, his son, Chase. Yeah. So. Yep. I think we've yep. all shared something that happened to us that wasn't the best story. Right. And, yeah. and what we did with it. And I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, it could yeah. have been earth shattering. But yeah. like you said, wound up being a blessing. Yeah. They say pressure is a privilege. And yeah. it was a privilege to have you both here today. This was uh, a lot of fun. I hope yeah, you guys enjoyed fun. it yeah, as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And awesome. Ty, why don't you let everybody know? Sign you're, off. You're the plug guy. <laughs> let everybody know where to go. All right. So I hope you enjoyed our episode three, uh, Mama's Boys. Um, but before you finish the episode, like I said earlier, go like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other platforms. Um, you can look us up on social media, Tyler Ardrin. My Instagram's ERDRIN. We have Justin Deal. JDL6972 on Before IG. you guys sign off, you want to kind of say how like people can get a hold of you? Yeah. Gina? Google Gina Romano. Really? Boom. You'll find me. Google it. <laughs> I'm just at first page, Google first me. one. Exactly. <laughs> uh, look at Payday Employer Solutions and you can find us on there. Follow us on social media or Renee Deal on social media. Awesome, awesome. I'm actually a Malatiri deal, but <laughs> that's all along the spell. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, like Justin said, it was a pleasure having you both. Uh, we were excited to get this episode shot. And um, how, how we sign off, Justin? Always world. Best day ever. Best, Best day, day ever. ever. Best day ever. <laughs> <laughs>